just together. He keeps me singing. He made my heart to sing, and we're here to celebrate the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hosea chapter 12, verse 4. Hosea chapter 12, verse 4. If uh, you're fairly new to um, the Bible or you're honest enough to admit it, you can go ahead to the table of contents if you want to. And uh, find Hosea, it's right after Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, all those guys. It's on uh, page 1540, if you have the right version of the Bible. (laughs) No, that's just what page I've got. Hosea chapter 12, verse 4, new series today. New series, going to start a new series called God's Favor. Probably goes six, eight weeks, something like that on uh, this series. And so uh, instead of trying to explain to you uh, what that means, what that's about, let's just go ahead and uh, jump into it. If you're joining us by family, uh, by uh, Facebook Live, we're grateful to have you uh, as a part of our worship service this morning. We pray that God will touch your life as he's touching ours here this morning. So Hosea chapter 12, verse 4, is an interesting verse. It really is, um, it's a verse that harkens back to Jacob, way back in Genesis chapter 32 and 33. So um, really the story is not about Hosea, it's about Jacob today, but I want you to see this one verse, and uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit, Hosea 12, 4, yes. He, he is Jacob here. He struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from God. He found him in Bethel and there he spoke to us. Don't you love it when somebody shows you special favor or does kind of a special favor for you? I read recently about a a young man with Down syndrome and uh, his favorite band was Maroon 5. And uh, his uh, family got him uh, tickets to go to see the Maroon 5 concert. And uh, they even got an opportunity for him to go meet the band himself. And so a special treat for uh, this young man, and he was looking forward to it. And uh, when the band came out to meet him, um, it, it just overdone him. Uh, it's too much for him. He got overly stimulated, overexcited, and he had a panic attack. And so uh, what do you do when your favorite band's there and the Down syndrome young man who's been waiting all this time to see him and he gets too excited and he has a panic attack? Well, show us uh, what Maroon 5 did. This is what Maroon 5 did. They all lay down on the floor with him and uh, just rested with him and waited for him to sort of get over it. And then when he got over it, they were able to do their uh, meet and greet. Now that's called favor. Right? That's really fun. I mean, it's one thing to do a meet and greet, something else to be kind to somebody, but uh, boy, that is far above and beyond when you lay down and say, we'll just kind of hang with you, buddy, do you kind of get it together? And, and so I want that for all of us. And so I bought all of us Maroon 5 backstage tickets <laughs> because um, I knew uh, that's probably Marcus's favorite band, and so I knew he would want to have some of that. But No, no, I'd, I'd never heard of Maroon 5. You may have never heard of Maroon 5, though I did listen to about 30 seconds. They have a pretty good vibe, actually. But anyway, what I'm talking about is not, is not a favor from Maroon 5. I'm talking about favor uh, from God. I want us to experience God this way. To experience God's favor uh, in our life. And I'm going to explain what that is, what that means. But I want to start by saying, this has been difficult for me to decide to go this direction. I felt like the Lord wanted me to do this. 
And uh, I believe God's given me confirmation on this, but here's the thing for me. Here's the hesitation that I had in going this direction. When I started looking up books and things like that to kind of supplement my study time, there are so many uh, books out on God's favor right now that really is nothing but health and wealth and prosperity gospel. If you just pray for God's favor and declare God's favor over your life, uh, then your sickness will go away and you'll get the car you wanted, you'll have the relationships you wanted, your marriage will be great, uh, all this kind of stuff's going to happen for you. And uh, that's not what this is. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. To, uh, to pray for God's favor and to seek God's favor is not to get everything you want. In fact, one person wrote it this way, if we get everything we dream of, that's not favor, that's lust. Okay, that's just, that's self-fulfilling. Remember when we started the All In series, one of the very first things we said was that there's a difference in trying to get Jesus to follow us and us following him. And there's an awful lot of talk about God's favor that really kind of lends to that uh, God gives me what I want. If I just pray right, say the right thing, declare the right thing, think the right thing, then God kind of gives me what. Well, what I want, that's not what this is at all. If you've been around long enough, you know that's not what I preach. But I want to show a little favor this morning. So I want to let you have the opportunity to help me pick my series title. All right? And this is a whole lot more fun if everybody participates, all right? And so throw up the first four. We've got four titles here. And uh, we uh, got Favor to Fruitful, The Founder's Favor, Finding the Father's Favor, and The Never Failing Favor. We've got a couple of more, but we're going to pick the top one out of this. Give you just a second. No, no, so go back to the first one. Oh, that's good. Favor to Fruitful, The Founder's Favor, Finding the Father's Favor, and The Never Failing Favor. So how many of y'all vote for Favor to Fruitful? Raise your hand real high. All right, we got one whole vote there. Okay, good. How about the founder's favor? How many of you like that one? That's uh, okay. We got one there. Way to go, Garrett. All right, finding the father's favor. All right, we're, that's, the, that's, the, that's the one right there, finding the father's favor. We don't need to go any further than that. All right, those are the next four. All right, fighting for God's favor, a favor worth fighting for, favor on fire, or favor from the Savior. All right, got a good look at those? Fighting for God's favor, a favor worth fighting for, favor on fire, or favor from the Savior. Now, if you voted for it already, you get to vote again. All right, we're going to have a runoff. No hanging chats. All right, ready. <laughs> fighting for God's favor. Who, wants, who likes that one? All right, got one. All right, way to go. All right, how about a favor worth fighting for? All right, that's pretty good right there. All right, how about favor on fire? All right, and then, and then uh, the favor from the Savior. Wow, favor from the Savior wins. All right, so last one. Ready? Here we go. We got uh, finding the Father's Savior or favor from the Savior. These are our two, all right? These are our two. Run off. Finding the Father's Savior or favor from the Savior. How many of you like finding the Father's Savior? Raise your hand up real high. All right, how many of you like favor from the Savior? Wow, that's close. <laughs> that is really close. Finding the Father's favor wins, all right? And uh, by the way, the person that I asked a couple of people about possible titles, uh, Joel suggested that title. <laughs> so Joel wins the title. The title that I picked had an entirety of one vote. So <laughs> and I appreciate the one vote I got for my title that I had in, in store. So good, good for Joel. He gets the, he gets the winner today. So the story from Hosea is a story when Jacob wrestles with God. Now here's the story. Jacob 
had tricked his dad and tricked his brother Esau and uh, had stolen the father's blessing. This is really, really important. It's a really, really big deal. And uh, when Esau found out that Jacob had deceived him, by the way, Jacob's name means deceiver, liar, conniver. When Esau found that out, he said, I'm going to kill him. Now, the thing important about this is he's the kind of guy that would do that. Okay, sometimes people say, I'm going to kill you for that, and it's just an idle threat. Not an idle threat. Esau's the kind of guy that's going to follow through on that kind of a deal. So Jacob has to leave home. He runs away for around 20 years. Gets married, gets married more than he needs to, gets married twice, (laughs) keeps the same wives. As I've said before, anytime you use the phrase, my favorite wife, that's a bad sign, all right? It's not a really good idea. But anyway, he did that, and he has 12 sons and one daughter, and uh, things don't go well with his father-in-law, and uh, boy, he's getting in trouble there. How many of you know when you're a deceiver, you kind of get in trouble wherever you go, right? And so he's in trouble there as well, and God tells him it's time to go back home, and so Jacob gets all his people and all of his stuff and all of his kids and both of his wives, and uh, they head back home. Now, who can guess what the problem is with going back home? Esau. He's still there, and the promise has still been, I'm going to kill you as soon as my daddy, as soon as our daddy dies. And so Jacob has to be frightened about this. So he goes back home, and as he heads toward home, he, he has no emails, he has no uh, context, he hasn't heard, doesn't know what Esau's attitude is. Uh, you know, people sometimes say time heals all wounds, and that's not true. God heals all wounds, and a lot of times God uses time to do that. Some people get madder over time, you know, sometimes that's stewing that thing. So he has no idea, and so in Genesis 32, uh, he puts the um, family out front, he stays behind, and an angel of the night wrestles with, with, um, with Jacob, and uh, it's really a picture of Jacob wrestling with God for God's blessing, and uh, at the, it man wrestles all night. If you ever wrestled anybody for two minutes, that's a long time. I don't know how you wrestle all night with somebody. But anyway, at the end of the night, they start to break, and the angel says, let me go, and Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is the idea here? Here's the idea that I want us to get here. The, the angel says, Jacob, let me go. And Jacob says, no, not until you give me favor. That's what, he, that's what Hosea 12, 4 talks about. His, Hosea 12, 4 said he wrestled and sought favor from God. And so with that introduction, and we want to dive into it today, all right? Let's dive into this idea of seeking God's favor. I want to talk about three things as an introductory message this morning on seeking God's favor. Number one, let's talk about favor explained. Favor explained because as I said, there's a lot of things going around today that talk about the favor of God, pray for the favor of God that really is not what I'm talking about. In fact, I saw where one pastor tweeted at the beginning of October, uh, October, listen to this tweet now, October is going to be nothing but blessings and miracles. I know it and I'm claiming it. Now, that's really not a prophecy. That's really living in dreamland. And dreamland is good for barbecue. <laughs> Thought I'd get an amen. Dreamland is good for barbecue. It's a bad place to live. 
How can, I mean, how can you say that? <laughs> that Octavian, I'm going to tweet this out for every, all, all, all of their followers. Nothing but miracles and blessings, all right? That's just not life. That's not the life you live. It's not the life I live. It's not the life this person lives either, by the way. So I want to dig in and see what this is really talking about. The place of miracles and blessings and everything goes well. That's called heaven and this ain't that, right? So what about it? What, what is favor? Well, favor is really co closely connected to grace. In fact, the same word translated grace is often translated favor uh, in the New Testament. They're very, very close. But favor is God's grace giving us the ability to do something that's humanly impossible for us to do or see something that's humanly impossible for us to see for his glory. Everybody say his glory. And so it's kind of like grace on steroids. Uh, grace enables us to be saved. Grace enables us to stay saved. But, but favor is really God entering into your life, entering into my life, and enabling us to do or see something through God's power, through the Spirit of God, by being filled with the Holy Spirit that can only happen uh, for God's glory and by God's strength. So favor is seeking God, not things. Okay, it's seeking the heart of God. It's seeking the hand of God. It's seeking the right relationship with God. It's seeking the mission of God and seeking God's strength, God's enablement so that his glory will be manifested. If we make favor about getting what we want, those are idols and God is about tearing down the idols in our heart. God is not about fulfilling uh, all of our fleshly uh, desires. One person wrote it this way. If maximum impact is your aim, then the favor of the Lord is what you must seek. If you want maximum impact, then you seek God's favor. God, I can't do this alone. I can't do this by myself. My heart is on knowing you. My heart is on honoring you. So this is what I'm seeking. I'm seeking you to do more than I can do on my own. And one of the reasons why I want to preach this is I want God's hand and favor on your life and on my life and on the life of Hopewell Baptist Church. Yeah. Many of you know, and Rob mentioned it in Revival, most of uh, the churches across the country since the pandemic, uh, attendance is off about 20 to 30 percent across the board. Our attendance is off somewhat as well. And here's what a lot of people say. Sure, we'll be glad when the folks come back. And if you're watching on Facebook Family, uh, Facebook Live, we'd love for you to come back. Some of our people aren't to where they can right now. We give grace and respect. If you need to stay home, you stay home. If you can be here, you can be here. But our vision is not looking backwards. How did the church grow to where we were? By winning people to Christ. By telling people about Jesus, by sharing your excitement about what God's doing in your church. And so we're not here to look back. We're not here to wait on people to come back, though we'd love for folks to come back. We're here to say, God, give us your favor in divine appointments. Give us your favor as we talk to people about Christ. Give us your favor as we pray for people to be saved. Give us your favor as we serve people in Jesus' name, to be able to serve with love and to be able to serve with consistency and to be able to serve with personal consistency and to be able to make Christ real to people. We cannot do that by ourselves. We cannot do that by just simply saying we sure wish our church was bigger. No, we do that by seeking the favor of God and the people God is sending us to. And so our, my, my, my hope, my desire, my, my, I believe what God's desire for us here in this series is to say, Jesus, 
Man, we are looking for what you're about to do at Hopewell Baptist Church. You see, guys, God is everywhere, but God doesn't bless everywhere with his favor. Notice that in the New Testament. Do you know where God, where Jesus did most of the miracles in the New Testament? Where he was invited. He did the miracle at Cana. Why? They invited him there. He did miracle at Jairus' daughter's house, raised her from the dead. Why? He was invited to go there. Uh, a lot of times with the, blind, with the blind, with the lepers, what happened? They invited him. They asked him. And so here's one of my, not my weekly growth challenge, but here's one of the challenge. Make it a habit and start inviting Jesus to spend the day with you. Invite Jesus into your quiet time. You say, well, he's already there. But take a minute and say, Lord, I don't want to just read my Bible and pray. I invite you to seriously speak to my heart. As you drive to work, invite Jesus into your work day. When you drive home, invite Jesus into your family life that night. How many of you know family life can go south if Jesus is not there? Invite Jesus into your decision-making, into your relationships. I have found it helpful if I run into somebody at Walmart, doctor's office, wherever, and I'm talking with them just to say, Lord, would you help me? See what you want me to say in this conversation. Just invite it. You know, not out loud. Just say, Lord, and I ask you to come into this conversation, into your financial decisions, into your fun times. Just invite Jesus in. Say, Lord, I would love to see your favor. I'd love to see your presence. I'd love to see what you want to do in the middle of this. Christ goes where he is invited. Now, as I said, I've been praying about this for, for, for a little bit. Um, actually, for about four or five weeks, I've been praying about where do I go after the All In series. And one day in particular, I was praying, and I said, Lord, I really want to know what you want me to preach next. And I, I felt a little bit like maybe it was this, is this series, and I was contemplating that, and I had some real hesitancy because of all the misunderstanding around this idea of favor. And so that morning, I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, would you... You help me to see. You speak to me, and I don't hear God's voice out loud. I don't, you know, I'm just, I wish I did, but I don't. But anyway, in the quiet, that day, that morning, in my quiet time, there were three verses that really jumped out at me. Psalm 90:17 is one of them. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And I thought, hey, that's pretty cool right there. Another one was Luke 125. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown us his, everybody say the word, and taken away my disgrace among my people. The other verse that stood out was Luke 130. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. That's three favors in one quiet time. <laughs> and then the day that I spent most of my time working on this message this last week, this verse that stood out for my quiet time the most was Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 2 to 3. This is what the Lord says. The people who survive the sword will find favor in the wilderness. I will come to give rest to Israel. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And so that's kind of where God's been dealing with me. That's kind of what's happened as I've prayed about this. And the idea originally started with me. I actually read in Mark Batterson's book where he said the thing he prays for the most in his life was the favor of God. And so I began praying. I've been praying this for almost every day for about six weeks or so now, but just to pray because to see 
God do what only God can do. God do what we cannot do on our own. God doing things that would cause us to say, thank you, Lord. Cause us to say, I praise you, God. Cause us to say to somebody else, man, God is such a cool God. The other thing about it is, in my life, some of the coolest things I've seen God do in my life are things I just kind of fall into. <laughs> it's things that, uh, there's been a number of things where I've prayed for something for months and months and months, and, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't that great. Some of the biggest things, though, were things that just kind of like, well, God, I didn't even pray hard enough about that for that to happen, and I didn't even mean for that to happen, but that kind of did. And what about, and it's just the, it's just God's favor doing it. So here's your weekly growth suggestion. Here's your weekly growth suggestion. And I am praying you go all in on this, guys. Sign up to pray for God's favor at least three times a week. And I got sign-up sheets for you. I'll have one in the back and one back here. Sign up to pray for God's favor at least three times a week in your life and Hopewell's life and be willing to talk about it with somebody. And when I say be willing to talk about it with somebody, I don't mean share your testimony in front of the church. Okay, I mean, talk to your spouse, talk to your kids, talk to your best friend, talk to somebody that you're, you're, you're good with. But I, and I'm asking you to sign because I really, <laughs> I really want to see us go all in on it. I want to see a fall of favor, man. It's autumn time, it's fall. I, I, what, 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 what would happen if all of us, I, I, I mean, went all in to say, God, I really love to see what you have for us in this season of our life. And I'm asking you three times a week, three times a week, pray at least two minutes, pray at least 120 seconds and see what God does for God's glory, okay? Second thing I want you to see, first of all, it's favor explained. Second thing I want you to see is favor, I mean, a fight that ensues, a fight that ensues, because here's the thing, as soon as you start praying for favor, you're in for a fight, <laughs> all right? There's going to be uh, difficulties, going to be challenges, going to be hard times, uh, one of my favorite lines from the Lord of the Rings movies, and I'm not a big Lord of the Rings movies, uh, the only reason I remember this quote is because it was in a trailer and I read it in a book, not because I remember it from the 726 hours it took to watch it. <laughs> there's a place where there's a war, and I, like I said, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings, I like it, but I'm not a, a huge guy and I've forgotten about everything I saw. But here's the, here's the quote I love so much, here's a, there's a guy that needs to get into the war, the, the big, huge cosmic war that's going on. And a guy named Theoden says, I will not risk open war. And Aragorn says, open war is upon you whether you risk it or not. And so if you say, oh, I'm not signing up to pray for God's favor because I don't want to be in a fight. You're already in it. <laughs> All right. You got in it when you got saved, right? And if you're not saved, you're still in it. Satan's trying to keep you from getting saved. And if you are walking with Christ, if you are a Christian, he's trying to keep you from God's favor. He's trying to keep you from walking close to Christ. So let me mention two things, two ways this thing's going to fight you. Number one is the fight of distraction. The fight of distraction is going to come a place two or three weeks in, but it's going to be easy to forget about it. I know, no, now watch this. I know that none of you that signed up to read the All In book quit somewhere in the middle. <laughs> now, folks from other churches will do that. Uh, folks from other churches will sign up to read books and then not read it all the way through. I know none of y'all, four, five, six weeks in, uh, you got behind and you kind of gave up and you still haven't finished reading it. I know none of that happens here because you're Hopewell people. <laughs> 
But, it, you know, that's the, that's the temptation, right, is to get distracted, get off course. So I want to encourage you, put a sticky note somewhere or another, put something in your quiet time, put something somewhere, and, uh, and, and look at it and, and make a serious commitment to say, I mean, you're talking about three times a week, 90 seconds a day. You're not talking about a whole lot. Just share somebody what you see uh, what God, that God does. Second thing is discouragement. And this is probably the, I believe discouragement is one of the biggest weapons Satan has. And what's going to happen is you start praying for favor, and, uh, and you get sick, the bills are higher, car breaks down, and you say what? This ain't working. Well, this ain't a it, <laughs> you know? Uh, honestly, when I was praying for, pray for revival during revival, and uh, Laura come home Wednesday night, about 4 o'clock Thursday morning, she gets one of the worst stomach viruses she's ever had in her life. Um, stayed sick for a week, stomach hurting, moaning, groaning, and I got tired of here. I mean, I got so far, sorry for her doing all that. <laughs> so grieved over her moaning and groaning on, on the couch. And... Um, Oh, it was painful. I could tell it was so painful. My heart was just broken, and she's interrupting the football game. And, no, I was, <laughs> no, I was kidding about that a little bit. <laughs> and I did say, you know, God, this isn't what I meant. <laughs> it doesn't look like favor right here. But here's the thing, as I said a minute ago, guys, praying for God's favor or anything else doesn't make your problems go away. What it does though, it gives you opportunities to brag on Jesus in the middle of those opportunities. It gives you the opportunity to serve somebody when they're in the middle of those opportunities. It's God giving you grace and patience and love and forgiveness to stay. And sometimes it's the nearness of God and the ability to speak well of God when it's really, really hard and you're discouraged, you're not seeing progress, but you know God's promised you that. And the other, sometimes it's tangible blessing. Sometimes it is a healing. Sometimes it is uh, something financial. Sometimes it is something somebody's really, really sweet and kind to you. But listen, it's not about getting your life to go better. I, got, because I just think a lot of people are going to get discouraged here. It's not about getting your life to go better. It's about getting closer to God and seeing God do something in your kindness, in your forgiveness, in your love, in your service that you step back like Laura said this morning, her testimony, and you're just... So glad that God did it that way. By the way, one of my favorite memes I've seen lately is this. When God put a calling on your life, he already factored in your stupidity. Most comforting thing I've ever heard. <laughs> because you get discouraged with yourself, right? He's like, man, I've, I've, I quit praying. I thought I was going to pray longer and, and so that. So last of all, one more thing is favor experienced. Favor experience. So, favor explain what it is. Hopefully we got that now. Fight ensues. It's not going to be easy. Last of all, Here's, what I, here's the reason I'm challenging you to sign up to pray and talk about it. Please talk to me about it. Put it on your Facebook page. Put it on the church Facebook page when you see God do something. The idea here as a church that we would rejoice in and talk about and celebrate the really cool things that God does. Let me just share a couple. Let me just share a couple and, and, and we'll close. Um, as I've been praying about this, here's a couple of other things. One is, uh, I know what Laura's talking about a little bit more than you do in her testimony. It's something she's been praying for for years. And it happened during revival. And guys, that's God's favor. She said in her testimony this morning, she tried, she said the right things, she did the verses and all that kind of stuff. And that truly was um, God's favor. I have ran, I, in one t t case in particular, I was praying for somebody 
I have not run into them in town in years, and I ran into them the next day. The next day. Um, we had 27 men and nine ladies baptized at the jail last week. Now, see, that's better than amen, right? 27 men and nine ladies baptized at the jail last week. Praise the Lord. See, that's the favor of God that we're able to lead them to Christ and that we get the privilege to get a baptistry out there and baptize them there. Freddie getting saved on Wednesday night during revival was a super, super cool thing. And for those of y'all who say you've never seen a miracle, I, you know, I've talked to people sometimes and they say they've never seen a miracle. We saw one Tuesday night at revival. Guys, when... Jan decided to come here to the church and put verses down on the pews. Uh, and I've told this story before, and I'm going to tell it one more time because some of y'all missed it. Some of y'all may not have been here, may not have heard it. Rob left Tuesday night, I mean Monday night, telling me he thinks he's going to preach on 1 John and uh, leaves for that idea, driving here on Tuesday evening, calls his wife and says, I feel like it might be Luke 9.23. I feel like that's the verse that God wants me to preach on. And when he walks in and lays his Bible down, there's a slip of paper with Luke 9.23 where he's going to sit at. I don't know how you explain that any other way than the favor of God and an absolute miracle. What else is it? How do you pick that one verse to put it on? I mean, you don't know where. To, she just picked the verses out of our mission statement. And what was so cool is when Rob came, now Rob has seen some cool things. He uh, leads an organization to do missions in Romania and Bulgaria and Moldova and places like that. And talking to him, he's seen some pretty cool things. It was so cool to see his face when he walked back there and he said, you're not going to believe what just happened. <laughs> just not going to believe it. That's some of the things that we have, I want us to start celebrating, rejoicing and sharing the favor of God with each other. Would you stand please with heads bowed and eyes closed? With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Would you commit today? Would you commit today to say for the next six to eight weeks, I am going to pray earnestly for God's favor, my life, my family's life, and Hopewell's life. Now, I'm going to explain more as we go through on the series exactly what that means and exactly what God means. He doesn't play favorites. But there are some conditions to really see in his favor. We're going to talk about some of those. It's not just declaring it. <laughs> but this morning, would you be willing to say, I want to go all in on God's favor for God's glory. God's favor for God's glory. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, you begin to stir something in our hearts today. You begin to speak to us, God. You begin to challenge us, Lord. You begin to help us to have eyes to see the things that you are doing and the things that you want to do. God, that we wouldn't be apathetic, we wouldn't be complacent. Um, God, we wouldn't be hesitant in speaking about you. We wouldn't be hesitant in sharing our faith with others. We wouldn't be hesitant in inviting people to church. We wouldn't be hesitant, uh, God, in serving other people, obeying you, because we're expecting, we're counting on you to show up as we do.